0: As the children are dismissing, um, I'm going to ask those of you that are staying that you turn in the book of Philippians with me. We are in Philippians chapter 1 still. We started a few weeks ago. We're going to take our time and go through the uh, book of Philippians so that we can continue to pray uh, that God will show us what Paul was going through as he was uh, uh, preparing for Uh, his departure to go home to be with the Lord. You see, the, the reality is we need to understand that all of us are preparing for our departure to go home with the Lord. And what we do here in this life matters. How we live our life, how we conduct ourselves will determine what we receive when we get there. And by the way, let me remind you that if you don't have a personal salvation experience with Jesus, when God calls, you will not be going. I'm not being harsh, I'm being honest. I don't want anyone. Jesus said, I come that none should perish. I preach that none would miss the mark. None would would walk away unsaved. I preach so that the gospel will be heard the message of salvation will go forth. So before I read our text this morning, I've got a question or two for you this morning. How many of us have situations and circumstances in our life that we wish perhaps were not there? How many of us are going through things in our life that, that we think about that, boy, if this wasn't in my life, I could do amazing things for God? Many of us think that way. If we could just get rid of certain problems, certain situations, certain circumstances in our life, it would just make our serving Christ so much better. I want you to think about that this morning because I've got something that the Apostle Paul wants to speak to our hearts about. The Apostle Paul has a message for us this morning, a challenging message for each of us because many of us, Look at our circumstances of of life and try to wish them away instead of realizing that we are right where God wants us. So as we think about that today, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. I want to read verses 12 through 18 to you this morning. So let's stand together. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up so that you can follow along. If not, it will be on the screen. In Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12, it says, But I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me had fallen rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifested in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confidence by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even out of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding, every way, rather in pretense or in truth, Christ has preached, and I thereby do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Father, as we bow before you this morning to ask that you would add your blessing upon the hearing of the word, we pray that, Father, as we have read the word, now we want to ask your blessing upon the preaching of the word, that we might understand that the gospel is on the move. And we need to be on the move with it. And Lord, I pray that you would move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross that it not be my word, but your word that is proclaimed today and that the message of Christ would challenge our hearts. And Lord, would you move in such a way that if there are those that do not know you this morning, they might come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Father, we ask these things for the furtherance of your glory and kingdom. And the gospel, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Now, I asked about your circumstances of life and I told you I've got some more questions. I want to ask you, how would you consider uh, your life? Would it be a, a distress or, or, or would it be a struggle? If you were arrested today for being a Christian, if you were arrested today for standing up for the gospel would that be considered in your life a setback or an opportunity? You see, it would also depend upon how and what is most important to you. If your f- for own personal freedom and comfort are the most important thing to you, then I'm guessing that prison would not be a, 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 a really good fit for you. But, if there is something else that is more important to you, something else that is more uh, focused, something else that you are pursuing as your highest goal, then prison might not be a bad place. You see, the thing is, it all depends on our circumstances, all depend on what our purpose in life is. Why are we here? What are we doing? Is it just so that I can have a good life? Is it so that I can succeed and do well? Is it so that I can, can, can have all the pleasures of this world? Or am I here because I am a follower of Christ who has been called to the gospel of Jesus Christ and my greatest goal is to see the kingdom of God moved and spread among others? You see, it really depends on what is our primary goal. You see, that's the situation in which we find Paul here in Philippians chapter 1. Paul has found himself in prison, but he doesn't seem to mind. He doesn't call it a setback, but he looks at it as an opportunity to continue to further the kingdom work. He sees it as an opportunity to pursue his life goal which is the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would he rather be free and comfortable? Absolutely, who wouldn't? But nothing is more important to the Apostle Paul than to advance the gospel. And so as long as in, he is in prison, it's not interfering with that fact that he's okay with being in prison. Our passage today is especially challenging to everyone because it challenges us to evaluate our lives based upon the terms of the gospel. Is the gospel the most important thing in your life? Is serving Christ and sharing the gospel more important to you than your own personal comfort and care? Nothing, my friends, should be more important than advancing the gospel so that the kingdom of God grows. The gospel glorifies Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. The gospel restores people to the right relationship with God. The gospel saves people from sin, death, and hell. There is no other name under under heaven by which man can be saved other than Jesus Christ. And proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ is advancing the kingdom of God in this world. It's easy to say that advancing the gospel is the most important thing in our life. It's real easy for us to say that. But you know what? Words have to be backed up with action. You see, the world looks at the church even today and says the church says the advancement of the gospel is the greatest thing. Then why is evangelism the least funded? Why is the evangelism of uh, of the church the least participated in? Why is evangelism the hardest thing to get anybody to do outside of the church? You see, the reality is it's easy for the church even to say as a whole that evangelism, advancing the gospel, is our primary goal. But if all we're doing is sitting in here and sharing with one another, then the world is saying that you don't care about us out there. I tell you the truth, my friends, when we look at the answer to that question, it cannot be mere words, it must be backed up with actions. When you and I examine our life this morning, we need to look at the question and then consider the answer. And we consider the answer by considering how much time do you invest in sharing the gospel with people that you meet? Where do you invest most of your energy? Where do you invest most of your finances? That's what makes this especially challenging to us today. Because it's easy for us to say the gospel is the most important thing in my life. But it's another to live it. You see, the Apostle Paul didn't just say that my life's goal is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ as long as it don't interfere with my comfort or with my station or my position or my financial status. The Apostle Paul said, rather I am uh, here or there, rather I have got plenty or little, it doesn't matter to me as long as I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time that we, the church, realize that we need to not be focused on our circumstances but focused on the gospel. So I want to share with you two things that I found here in this passage of Scripture that the Apostle Paul shares with us. First of all, the gospel is advanced in spite of difficult circumstances and difficult people. Let me just remind you that life is filled with difficult circumstances. Can I get an amen? Another amen? (laughs) Um. How about this? Life is filled with difficult people. You know, the truth of the matter is that that it's the truth. Life is filled with difficult people. But I want you to understand something, my friends. Rather, difficult circumstances or difficult people should not stop the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Paul's gospel here, what Paul was sharing in verses 12 through 18 is that there is some evidence that this should not happen. So let us begin by first looking at Paul's circumstances. In verses 12 through 14, we find that advancing of the gospel was more important to Paul than his own personal freedom. In verses 12 through 14, we see the advancement of the gospel. Paul is in prison for preaching the gospel. That's what he finds himself there for, because he would not stop preaching the gospel and finds himself in prison because of it. The Philippians know this and are concerned for him. But Paul writes this section of the letter to show um, that uh, um, the Philippians, that it, it, being in prison is actually helping the cause rather than hurting the cause. Look at verse 12. And he goes on to say, But I should, I would that you should understand, brethren that the things which are happening unto me have turned out to be the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, the apostle Paul says to us, listen, I know it may look like I'm in a bad situation, but let me tell you something. God is using my circumstance to further the work of the gospel. Keep that in the back of your mind because I'm going to come back to that. You would think that being in prison would slow things down, but Paul says it's just the opposite. Paul has a gospel perspective, and he shares the gospel no matter where he's at. So let's look at two ways that prison was really served to advance the gospel. First of all, Paul gets to share the gospel with the whole palace guard. Now, look at verse 13. Verse 13 tells us here that the apostle Paul says, "...so that my bonds, my chains in Christ are manifested in all the palace..." and in all other places. Now let me tell you what he means by that. Paul's imprisonment allowed him to share the gospel with some very special guards. As a matter of fact, the palace guards was a a huge contingent of over 9,000 elite soldiers who served a Caesar as his personal bodyguards in Rome. They were sort of like what uh, we would call the musketeers of their day, they received double the pay in normal soldiers. They enjoyed special privileges, including Roman citizenship, no matter where they were from. And one of their responsibilities would have been to take uh, turns guarding Paul, the prisoner of Rome. Paul speaks of his chains in this verse uh, as because he is literally chained to a Roman guard during the whole time of his imprisonment. A rotation that would have been set up for probably every six hours, a new guard would rotate it in. A rotation of guards, time and time again. Now, I've often thought, times thought about this, and I wonder. I know several folks that work in the prison system. And they change shifts so that they don't have to work certain days, so they can take time out. I wonder if the some of these guards that had been assigned to sit with Paul said, "Listen, I've already heard his spiel. I've, I've already, I'll, I'll trade you two days for one. If you'll just take, Dwight, if you'll just take two of my, one of my days, I'll take two of yours down the road doing something else." I wonder how many of them said, listen, we've already heard. He doesn't stop talking all the time that we're there. For six hours, he's telling us about this Christ, about his Savior. He's telling us constantly. You know, I wonder if, if when Paul said that, that I am confined by chains, if he simply meant, oh, by the way, I've got a captive audience. When I was a new preacher, I was just a preacher boy. I asked my pastor, where can I get some experience preaching? He said, I got the perfect place for you. Right in our town was a local nursing home. My mom worked there for years, so I knew it very well. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to set you up on on Sundays to go at 2 o'clock, and you're going to go and preach a message to them. When I got there, I found out that I had to go get all of the residents and bring them to the cafeteria so that they could come and hear what that real what i realized as i was doing that they were a captive audience they couldn't leave until i took them back to their room they were like the the roman soldiers that paul had chained to him they were a captive audience and he could share the gospel with them over and over again now i don't think paul said rats i'm chained to another roman guard (laughs) Now, I think Paul said, all right, another fresh one. (laughs) He hasn't heard this yet. I'm going to tell him everything about it. He's highly um, excited and motivated to share the gospel with everyone that is chained to him. You see, not only was he sharing to the Roman guard, he was sharing to a highly influential body of people in the city of Rome. Now, I don't want to jump ahead, but I want to just tell you that if you've read the book of Philippians, at the end of the letter that Paul signs this letter, he talks about the fact that he gives greeting from all of the, the, the servants in the house of uh, Caesar. Now, just hang on to that thought because he's chained to a Roman guard for every six hours, a new one who has the influence. And I'm telling you that Paul probably won many of them for the cause of Christ. And they went back to others in the house of Caesar sharing what God had done. How many of us, when we got saved, got so excited about it, we couldn't help but tell somebody else. We didn't care if they were influential or not. We wanted to tell somebody that Jesus had done a great work in our lives. And these Roman soldiers went back to the elite Roman group of people sharing the gospel. So Paul was excited. He gets to share the gospel with each of them. He had the easiest open for the word of the Lord. Each guard could come in and and, uh, they might say, Well, how's it going for you? Paul said, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about my Jesus and what he's done for me. It was clear to the soldiers that Paul was no ordinary prisoner. Prisoner, he was highly educated. He was nonviolent. He had committed no crime. Word would have been spread throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone in Caesar's household that Paul, the prisoner, was in chains for Christ. And also being a prisoner, he served to advance the gospel because his imprisonment allowed him to share the gospel with the whole palace guard. But the second thing that advanced the gospel was that Paul encouraged others to share the gospel more boldly. Look at verse 14. Paul says, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confidence by my bonds, now are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Paul reminds us that his imprisonment was advancing the gospel not only because he got to preach to a new Roman soldier every six hours, but that others on the outside said, if Paul can get away with preaching to the Roman soldiers, we certainly can get away with preaching to the Roman citizens. You see, the apostle Paul's imprisonment stood as an opportunity as to advance the gospel because others were encouraged. Now let me just remind you, Let me bring it home for a moment. Many of us are going through difficult situations and circumstances. And when we tell others that our God is faithful, that our God is good and that in our circumstance, in our situation, instead of being discouraged and defeated, we went out and shared the love of Jesus with others, don't you think that that's going to encourage others to look at their life and say, wait a minute, if they can do it, I can do it. I can share the gospel. My circumstance isn't much worse than that. My situation isn't much worse than that. I can do it. I think that all of us need to see one another as Paul uh, was showing that you can do this in spite of your circumstances. So the effect of Paul's imprisonment on the church of Rome increased the gospel witness. Secondly, it increased the boldness in the gospel witness. They were sharing Christ more, and they were sharing Christ more boldly. It takes courage to speak to, about Christ in our world today. It really does. You see, because we live in a world that is absolutely opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that's now listen to me. I'm not saying that people don't want to hear the gospel. I'm saying the world system. Satan and everything that he has established is trying to shut down the gospel. People need it desperately, and when we tell them, they are more than willing to listen and accept. The problem is the world system says, shut your mouth and stay quiet. And we're doing it. And we're doing it. Instead of speaking up and speaking more boldly, we're cowering back. being more quiet Paul's prisonment had a ripple effect on the fellow believers in Rome Paul was sharing the gospel in the prison and the church was sharing the gospel in the streets now if it be so that's fine but listen I'm not saying arrest your pastor so that uh, uh, you'll get more bold but if that's what it takes I'm willing to go all right Rome didn't know what they were getting into when they arrested Paul and brought him to Rome. The gospel now was advancing both inside the palace and outside the palace. Paul can barely contain his excitement as he witnesses to the Philippians about what God is doing in and through his circumstance. Advancing the gospel was more important to Paul His own personal freedom. The second thing the Apostle Paul reminds us of advancing the gospel was more important than his personal comfort. I'm afraid that too many of us are settled in into our comfort zone. And we don't want to be moved from our comfort zone. As a matter of fact, um, we all are creatures of habit and comfort. Um, I take an attendance often every Sunday morning by one way. I know Joyce Breland sits right there all the time. I know Dwight Furchas sits right there all the time. I can scan the room, and, and in my mind, I can tell you who's missing. And when you do this to me, it really does confuse me. When you move spots, which you don't do very often, because we're creatures of habit. Somebody actually has to be sitting in our spot And we have to say, um, can I get away with telling them that's my spot? I had a little old lady. She was 90-some years old in my church in in Watauga County, Miss Myrtle. And and Miss Myrtle had not been in church because of health for several months. And Miss Myrtle got to come to church one day, and she marches down the aisle, third seat back. Right there was her seat, and she saw somebody sitting in it. And Miss Myrtle stood up and said, get out of my seat. I've been sitting there for years. She wasn't getting out of her comfort zone. You see, many of us are are so comfortable, we'll say, well, we'll share the gospel as long as it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'll share the gospel with somebody as long as I, I know them well enough. You see, Paul was more concerned about sharing the gospel than he was his personal comfort. Not everyone shared Christ with pure motives that were around Paul. Look at verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ even out of envy and strife, and some also out of goodwill. There was mixed emotions on the part of those preaching Christ around him. Some actually preached Christ out of envy and rivalry. Now, these are not false teachers, folks. These are not people with a false message. These were true believers, true preachers, but they were preaching Christ out of wrong motives. They were teaching the true gospel, and they were preaching Christ, but their motives for doing it were wrong. You might wonder, how can that be? How can Christians share the gospel with a wrong motive? How many of you have felt pressured by me, by the church, by your Sunday school teacher, by somebody to share a track or a witness with somebody. You said, I don't really want to do it, but the preacher's making us all do it. So here you are, lady. Um, Here's a book. Take it. How many of us? Be honest. Many of us have had to do it. I had to do that when I first started sharing the gospel. I didn't want to do it. My preacher said, you're going to do it. I was taking a class. And it was how to share Christ. And I said, I like the book work. I like the classroom." And then one night he said, we're going to a home. I'm not going to say a word. You're going to do it all. And I said, oh, no. ah, uh-uh. No, 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 not me. No, you, you're, the, you're, you're the preacher. You, you do it. You see, the reality is sometimes we have to share the gospel. We may not have the right motive at the time, but we have to share the gospel. It's easy for churches to look at other churches and say, boy, why are they getting all the people? Why are, uh, why are they doing all the right things? So uh, uh, they, they begin to do things out of the wrong motives. Do you struggle with such things as envy and strife as some do? Comparing yourselves with others? We need to watch out that our motives don't get in our way of sharing the gospel. The purpose of sharing the gospel is to grow the kingdom of God, not to grow our own individual ministries or our churches. Hear me, folks. We are not in competition with other churches, we are to share the gospel because we are in the kingdom business. We're to share the gospel not because we want more people sitting in our pews than any other church. We want more people sitting in heaven along with other churches. We need to be partners in the gospel. The Apostle Paul says that his letter to the Philippians is all about their partnership in the gospel. Let's be in partnership together. He said some shared Christ out of wrong motives. Some tried to stir up trouble. Look at verses 16 and 17. While Paul was in prison, there were those that were trying to cause trouble. And one preaches Christ out of contention and not out of sincerity, supposing to add affliction to my bonds or chains, but others out of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Some of those believers in Rome really had it in for Paul. They were preaching the gospel, the glorious gospel of Christ. And somewhere in their motivations, they were thinking, boy, I tell you what, if they just listen to me, boy, is this going to ever get Paul? I get to preach to the crowd, so he gets to preach to one Roman guard. Boy, I've got it made. And what in the world's going on with him? You see, the reality is that there were those who, who wanted to cause Paul trouble but I want you to hear what happens. Look at verse 18. Paul starts off verse 18 with what then? Those that are preaching out of the wrong motives, those that are preaching because they want to cause me trouble, those that are preaching for other reasons, what do I do now? Listen to what Paul says. Paul rejoiced that Christ was being preached. Notwithstanding every way, rather in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And therefore I do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. What do you and I do? I want to tell you what we do. We rejoice. He didn't rejoice because they, make, uh, they might make things more difficult for him. He was rejoicing because Christ was being preached. Paul said, listen, I don't rejoice about all things. I rejoice in Paul was excited that the gospel was going forth, that he could really care less about the motives of those preaching the gospel or how it will affect the comfort level of him in prison the important thing is that Christ is being preached nothing is more important than advancing the gospel to Paul advancing the gospel was more important to Paul than his own personal freedom and his own personal comfort I wonder. How many of us can say that this morning that preaching the gospel sharing the gospel advancing the gospel sharing the love of Christ is more important to us than our personal freedoms and our personal comfort the second thing that I want you to see that I saw from this is the gospel advances in spite of our circumstances or our positions here Paul finds himself in a most dreadful situation. He's in prison. He's confined. He's chained to a Roman guard. He can no longer come and go as he pleases. There are people outside who are trying to stir up trouble for him within. And yet the gospel continues to go forth. And what I want you to see, what I want to bring to a conclusion, I was setting the stage by telling you what Paul's circumstances were. Now I want to bring it home talk about us talk about where we are what can we do what is God trying to tell us he's trying to tell us that advancing the gospel has to become our primary goal our primary desire what I want you to see is that God continues to advance the gospel not in spite of Paul's circumstances but actually because of Paul's circumstances. Now, what does that say to you and me? How many of us feel like, I don't think I should be in this circumstance. I don't think this is where... I, 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 I've done everything right. I, I, I've, I, I've walked the right road. I've, I've lived the right life. I've, I, I, I've tried to serve Christ. Why is this happening? Why am I finding myself in this situation? Here's what I want to remind you. Stop looking at your circumstance as a trouble and start looking at your circumstance as an opportunity. The Apostle Paul said, listen, I'm chained to a Roman guard. I could be discouraged. I could give up. I could quit. But he said, I'm not. I look at it as an opportunity to continue to advance the gospel. Now, God wants you to use your present circumstances to advance the gospel. Now, each and every one of us find ourselves in different circumstances of life. Some of you might not feel it's fair where you are. Some of you might not feel that it's right for where you are. Some of you might feel, well, I deserve exactly what I'm getting. But hear me, Listen to these next words very carefully. They are important. God wants to use your present life circumstance as a platform for advancing the gospel. God is in control, not you. Let me say that again. God is in control, not you. And whatever your lot in life may be, God wants you to use your present life circumstance as a platform for advancing His gospel message. Now, you may be the owner of a company. You may be a simple day laborer. You may be currently unemployed. Or you may be in that job that you just can't stand anymore. God's saying to you, Use your circumstance for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you may find that uh, you're an older person living in a retirement home or a teenager still in school. You may be single. You may be married. You may be widowed. You may be divorced. You may be the mother of a young child at home. You may be strong and healthy. or You may be confined to a sickbed. It doesn't matter where you are or at what stage you are. Whatever your life circumstances are, you can share the gospel where you are. And not only that, I want you to know for certainty, and this is not to say God is cruel and God is unfair, but God has placed you right where you are. God has placed you there so that you can thrive where you are. God has placed you there because He has said, I have an opportunity for you that will not happen unless you find yourself right where you are. Too many people are saying, but if. But if my health was better, if my station was better, if my finances were better, if my situation were better, then I could share the gospel better. Uh Uh-uh. God is in control, you are not. God never makes mistakes. God has placed you exactly where He needs you for the situation and circumstances that you're in. Know that you are there for a reason. It's all a matter of gospel perspective. Think about Paul being in prison chained to a Roman soldier. Where you and I would probably see the change, Paul saw the opportunity to share the gospel with a new guard every six hours. It's the same way with us. God wants you to use your present life circumstances as a platform for advancing the gospel, not as an excuse not to do his work. The second thing, last thing that we want to see is the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. You know, the Bible is very clear that it says that not even the gates of hell shall prevail against the church. Now, let me just remind you what that means. It doesn't mean that churches are not going to come and go. Churches come and go every day. Churches are started and churches close their doors every single day. God was not lying when he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. What he was saying to us is this. when we get a gospel perspective when we say that you know what sharing the gospel is more important than my personal comfort or my personal freedoms when we come to the place where we say you know what sharing the gospel is the most important thing in my life the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the gospel Nothing can stop the gospel because the gospel, according to verse 16, the gospel of Christ is for the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, I know over the last couple of years we've seen a major decline in personal attendance here in the church and I've spoke about it. And some have even thought that I've grown discouraged and and discontented in the fact that there's not enough people sitting in the pews. And perhaps maybe I had. But I want you to know something. What God spoke to me this week as I was preparing this sermon was, you know what? I placed you in that circumstance for the furtherance of the gospel. I put you here so that my work could be done in a way that only for this time could be done When you share Christ with someone, we never know how God is going to use that message. They might come to Christ that very day. Or maybe you simply are planting a seed for a future harvest. Maybe a harvest that you don't even get to harvest, but someone else does. Every time that we share the gospel, we need to be reminded that we're advancing the kingdom of God. The gospel, which is simply the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the fact that he came to live a sinless life, he died a sinless death, he went to a grave for three days while there defeating hell and the grave, came out of the grave victorious over them. So that you and I who believe... Now we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. The belief is not an intellectual knowledge of who Jesus is. It has to be a life-changing belief in Him. That my life has been changed because I have placed my faith in Him. The gospel is the power of God to save those who put their trust and faith in Him. Now... Do you understand what this means? You don't need a change in your circumstances to be used of God to advance the gospel. You will never, this side of eternity, live in a world that is without difficult circumstances and difficult people. But God can continue to use you and me for the advancement of the gospel. We can rejoice and participate or we can become distracted and depressed. Either way, God says my kingdom shall not be stopped. He will use you or he'll use someone else. I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines when I could be working for my Lord. So we can either rejoice and participate or we can get distracted and depressed. We can rejoice or we can repent. Well, what do we need to repent of? Ever thinking that God isn't working in my life. One of the most discouraging things that you and I can do to ourselves is to say God's just not using me anymore. You want to sideline yourself? Start thinking that way and you'll stop doing anything for Christ. It's time for us to repent that Christ isn't using me in my life. My circumstances have set me on the sidelines. Absolutely not. They have given you a perfect opportunity that no one else has to share the gospel. And by the way, we also need to repent that God's not using this church as it once did. God is using this church every week because as long as the gospel message is being preached, the kingdom of God is advancing. And when we come and stand behind this pulpit, we're opening the word of God And when we proclaim his word, the gospel is going forward. The work of the gospel is being presented every time we open this book. The word of the gospel is being presented every time you open your mouth to share Christ with someone else. Don't get discouraged and distracted But continue the work of the gospel. Look around at your circumstances and don't say, Woe is me, but say, Yea is me. God has got me right where he needs me. I want to be useful for his kingdom. So let me just say to you today that if you're here today and have never received the gospel, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you feel like sin is coming down upon you, there is just a weight of the world upon you, I want you to know that Jesus has come to set you free. He's come to share with you, I have a life that is different than that. I took the pressures of this world, I took the pain and suffering of sin and bore it upon my flesh so that you would not have to. My friends, every one of us needs to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior because He paid the penalty for our sin. Every one of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us need Christ. We share the gospel so that you can have a Savior that can set you free from the sin that is plaguing you in this world. So as we come to sing our closing song today, I want you just to bow your heads and I want you to think as they're getting ready, I want you to focus on where are you in your circumstances of life? What's going on? Can you say that God is using me right where I am or are you saying, woe, woe is me? If you're here today and you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that the very salvation that saved me out of my sin... It's the same salvation that can save you out of your sin. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been given so that we can walk in newness of life. And you've been given an opportunity right where you are to take the gospel outside of these walls today. And I challenge you, I challenge you not to look at your circumstances in negativity but look at your circumstances as opportunities to share the gospel. Let's stand together as I, Father, we pray that as we prepare to sing this song today, the Lord that you would stir our hearts and challenge us, O oh Lord. And if there are those that need to know you, O oh Lord, that they would come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Those that need to say, Lord, I repent of my circumstances of allowing them to control me, and now, Lord, I want to share the gospel right where I am. Lord, would you move among your people today as we sent me in Jesus name. Amen.